You're listening to the Grieving Mamas Club podcast, a space for moms who are on the wild ride of motherhood while navigating their grief journey. We're Karen Rashida. Between the two of us, we're motherless moms of four toddlers and an angel baby. Together, we're going to feel our feels, but also remind you that there's joy on the journey too. Let's dig in. Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode eight of season two of the Grieving Mamas Club podcast. Rashida and I are super excited. We have our friend Kristen, the resilient widow, on with us today. She is going to give us her story, her grief highlight reel, I guess, you know, <laughs> it works, and all the dirty details along with it, but we're so excited to have her on. She is a mom of no, two. four, two step, two bio. That's right. Okay. I'm like, yes. Yeah. Four is yeah. many. Gosh, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Still, doesn't matter. Cool. Step bio. I, that's a lot of kids. <laughs> yeah, it, it is. A lot to keep yeah. up. She's a mama of four. She has lost a spouse and dealt with her own grief journey with that. And then also with um, a little bit, not a little bit a big bit of um her own journey with with cancer and going through that and also with finding love again um so i won't say too much more other than that but i will go ahead and let kristen dig right in oh good welcome to the show we're so excited i'm so excited to be here we're so excited to have you kristen thank you so much for coming on on our little bitty baby podcast to share your journey um, in, in the hopes that, you know, it connects with some other mama out there going through any piece of your journey, right? Yeah. Um, multi, multifaceted, as Kara went over. And so, yeah, talk to us. Um, where do you want to start? Let's start with the loss of your spouse. Yeah, um, at the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. Start at the beginning. Oh, goodness. So my husband passed away October 5th, 2010. So this, uh, this October will be 13 years, which blows my mind mm-hmm. that it's been so wow. long. Yeah. I feel yeah. like it was yesterday, and then I feel like it was a lifetime ago, which I think anyone who experiences grief probably relates to those same, uh, those same that, that, yeah. Yes. It's like sometimes it was, yeah, it's so vivid, and then other times it's really hard to kind of find bits and pieces of memories that I would like to pull from that. But so he passed October 5th, 2010. He was killed in action while serving in Afghanistan. Um, he was 23 years old. I was 25 years old. I'm a cougar. I was going to say that. <laughs> um, he, we had only been married four months to the day. We got married on June 5th, 2010, and he passed October 5th. So are you kidding? Like, to the day? To the day. The fifth, oh. the fifth follows me in my story. It's kind of crazy. Oh, uh, wow. well, we love signs. We love that. Uh, yeah. uh-huh. It's kind of bizarre. So he was killed. Um, We were only together for about six weeks um, until he had to deploy. Um, We had planned our wedding so that we would be together for a year. And then someone broke their leg. That sucked. So he had to fill in the gap for this injured person. So he had to leave six weeks after our wedding. Kidding me. That was such a bummer. Yeah. That's. Yeah. yeah, I'm not like. Yeah. That makes me so. So there was there wasn't time we honeymoon for a week and a half and then by the time we got back we had essentially no time as husband and wife we were kind of unpacking both jumping back into work um i was um kind of an event family event planner for the city that i work for 
Um, so it just was so fast. And then the week leading up to deployment, they are gone at doctor's appointments, um, just every meeting you can imagine, every training. So we essentially just had no time together uh, as husband and wife, which was, you know, just awful and not what we had planned. Obviously, we planned forever. And then we had planned at least a year before he deployed. Yeah. Uh, so luckily, in between um, training and actually Afghanistan, I got to go to um, Charleston, South Carolina for 10 days and be with him. Um, so that was kind of our our time together as husband and wife. It was super bittersweet, but it was, you know, it was uninterrupted. Um, we didn't have any obligations to family. It was just the two of us. And um, yeah, it was really sweet. And then he put me on a plane this time around and then he went to Afghanistan and I went home to California and then... Oh my God. I... So, uh, <laughs> cue the waterworks. Uh, right. So, how long had you guys been together before you got married? A year and a half. Okay. So, okay. not super long. Yeah. How did you yeah. meet? We met at a Bible study. Oh. I was, I was asked to come meet him. Like, hey, my friend was like, hey, I've got this guy that comes to Bible study with me. I want you to meet him. And he was like, I, I'm not going to tell him you're coming, but like you come check him out. Mm-hmm. So I came and the first thing I saw was I didn't love that. I love that. I love tacos is what his t-shirt said. And I was like, mm, I don't know how I feel about that. It was just serving me off. It was a Del Taco t-shirt, but I was like, okay, he didn't know I was coming. Let's give him a little bit of grace. Yeah. Um, and then we met up the following week at a country concert locally in town and we kind of just dated we went to the next bible study that next week as boyfriend and girlfriend so it was super fast oh yeah we wasted no time (laughs) no my gosh that is so sweet i love that so it was it was quick um and then we actually went through an iraq deployment together before we were married so as we were dating he went to iraq for six months seven months with the training um and that was tough obviously uh i can't imagine like dating someone being dating being married being with someone who gets deployed like ever how do you each day that's like another grief journey like i would like yeah like i would like to explore in like you know a future episode because that is it's hard like i mean I have a hard time, like, when my husband is traveling for three days, like, right. Uh, well, it's yeah, like six, seven months or this. I mean, people go 18 months and it's like, <sighs> yeah, thankfully I never had to do the 18. I mean, I'm doing forever, but yeah, you're doing forever. I never had to do the <laughs> That's a lot. That's true. I never had to do the um, 18 months because that, I mean, it is a grief, you know, it, it's a, when you marry into the military, you lose so much of your control of your life where you're going to live, how long your spouse is going to be gone. I gave birth to my first child um, with my current partner being deployed. So, I mean, it's just, you do so much on your own and it's kind of, kind of mind boggling, but we're just, I think, I think like back to when like your first dating and you first meet, you know, your significant other, your partner, like you're so in love you just want to be around that person all the time and then they have to be gone like how yeah that's just gonna like rip you to shred it it did and it was really hard especially newly dating so we were only together for maybe six months we'd already said i love you and knew and that we knew we were doing doing the thing uh but a lot of emails a lot of conversations a lot we prayed together every time we talked like we just really had to kind of dive in um and 
you know, do this thing via the internet the best we could until he got back. So how do you, before each of his deployments, did you guys prep for the worst at all? Like how, or were you just like, I'll see you in a little bit, like not thinking about the worst or like, where was, what was your mindset every time he left? So the first Iraq deployment, I don't think I prepped for the worst when we were dating. It was like, be safe, love you. You know, now I'm going to go work out and get super cute while you're gone. Like, that's just, maybe yeah. I was naive at that point, which yeah. you know, he's working in disguise sometimes. That's okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the Afghanistan one after we were married was more real because we had to go fill out paperwork as his spouse. Um, if he were to pass away, how do I want to be notified? How do I want his insurance money? Mm-hmm. So I had, how do you want to be notified? You have options? Yeah. I mean, they gotta, they gotta tell you. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. but like, what are your options? That's I don't think it's like text or call. <laughs> yeah. well, robo robo call. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I think, and maybe it wasn't how, but like, what, where are you going to live? Where do you work? Like, they needed all the info. We had to choose. Do I want his life insurance in one lump sum? Do I want it divvied up over like? So that kind of forced oh. me to think the worst. Like, whoa, yeah. this has been a real like. Yeah. So that's kind of just like a whole mind fuck. Excuse me. I guess I'm allowed to say that. You are. Uh, yeah. <laughs> in and in and of itself. Um, yeah. So it just got it got really real after we filled out that paperwork. It was like, mm-hmm. yeah. Not me though is what I always said. Like, what are the chances? Yeah. What are the chances? Yes. Um, so yeah. Yeah. You know, and the chances <laughs> ended up being real good for me. Real good. So obviously, it was just. So he had, um, when he was deployed to Afghanistan, about two and a half weeks before he passed away, someone else passed away. Mm-hmm. And he emailed me and was like, I just had to put his body on a plane back to the United States. Like, it's something I never want to do again. I can't do it. Like, ah. we, had, we had met his, we had met this airman's family in South Carolina. Um, so I, I had met his mom and his sisters. Mm-hmm. And he was just so torn up about losing Mikey was his name. Um, and that Dan was killed like two and a half weeks later. So it was okay. kind of crazy. And he was, what branch of the armed forces was he in? He was in the United States Air Force. Okay, that's what he was in. He was an EOD technician, which stands for Explosive Ordnance Disposal. And you basically render safe all the roadside bombs, IEDs, um, suicide bombers, all that kind of stuff. Oh, so you yeah. knew, like, you knew that that was his day job, like, yeah. his day job, but you knew, right. like, uh, I knew, like, I, uh, I knew, but I didn't know, because of, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like, I know I was going to say that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is your first response. Okay. Yeah. But then you don't realize, you know, I guess the, the realness of it is, you know, it's. There was a big movie that came out while we were dating called The Hurt Locker. Um, it won like mm-hmm. Academy Awards, and that's a, a, about their job and about what they do. So we watched it together. Oh, terrible idea. Obviously. Mm. Oh, God. But it took us seven hours because he would pause and be like, that's not realistic. That's not how we do it. I'm like, babe, just let's watch it. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll, talk, we'll talk after. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was, it's a one of the most inherently dangerous jobs in the military. So, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and obviously it took his life. Um, it took many people's lives, um, and it was just, it was awful. <laughs> I mean, so he passed October 5th. I was at work. Um, they came to my home. We share a condo. We lived in a condo together. Um, my aunt moved in after he deployed to kind of help us pay the rent and to keep me from being lonely. She's my yeah. aunt. 
Okay. Um, I'm like, dude, come stay with me for a little bit. How so long was he supposed to be deployed for? Seven months. Okay. Okay. Um, and I mean, this is, this is July, August, not even eight weeks in to his deployment. Okay. Um, they came and knocked on the condo door. I was not there. My aunt late answered. Um, she said, she knew. She's like, the first thing I said was, did Dan die? And they were like, we need to find Kristen Johnson. Like, how oh. can we get hold of her? And she was like, I was so nervous. I offered them coffee and cookies. I'm like, Lane, it's okay. You did. You did so good. Like, I didn't have to that door. I have so much guilt uh, oh, over her. Her having to receive yeah. that dreaded knock. I wish it was me. Yeah, uh, I get that. Yeah, I can see where you're coming from. Yeah. Especially from, and is it like, Kristen, is it like the movies? Like when. 100%. They, no. Like the oh, yeah. like formal. Yeah. Attire. There's a. There's like a high-ranking colonel. There was a chaplain, yeah. and there was a medical person. In case I, am med- I guess in case you just like yeah, pass, pass out. out. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So they, I guess, were in like an unmarked oh. white car, just like sitting in the parking lot of my condo until they got out, went knocked on the door. I was at work. Um, so my Aunt Lane called my parents, who again did a terrible, they had to do just the worst job ever. They came to my work. I was in an event planning at you and my office mate popped her head in and was just white as a ghost. and was like, your parents are here and they need to talk to you. And I instantly knew. I knew. I don't know. Why else would your parents be there? Like, cause, yeah. cause it's like, why else? And she yeah. was like, I mean, she's like a Mexican chick and she went white. Yeah. And I knew. So I was like, <laughs> okay. yeah, I was like, excuse me. And I scooted my chair back politely, went in my office and my dad was just like, Pack up your things. We need oh, to go home. Crazy. And I just said, why? Like, kind of like, why? Tell me. Why? Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. Let's just believe. Yeah. Yeah. All he said through tears were, Dan died. That's all he could say. I'm sure in his brain, he wanted to say it differently. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Um, and I kind of fell back in my lovely cubicle that I was in. Um, and I remember I just kept saying, no, no, no. No tears came at all in that moment. I was like, no, 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 no. Mm-hmm. So they kind of like led me out of my office into their car. My mom sat with me in the back and just kind of rubbed my back. And I just kept saying, no, no, yeah. no, no, no. And it was like the longest 11 minute drive to my condo. Yeah, mm-hmm. sure. Um, and sure enough, there was, I walked in the condo and there was uh, the three people. The colonel who came to tell me was actually a personal friend that I had spent many um, retirement parties with, going away parties. We were close. And I just said, I said, Tim, don't tell me. And he just said, on behalf of the United States Air Force, we regret to inform you. And after that, I don't even remember how it finished. I don't remember what I did. Um, and I just got like yeah. chills. Like I, I, ugh, I'm so. Yeah, sorry. I don't remember. After, no, that's okay. I don't remember after that. I remember sitting on the couch and crying. Then I cried. Then it's like, okay, Tim. Tim val- validated it. Uh, worst nightmare. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Worst nightmare. Yeah. Um, just gotten married. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. of course he would be like, no, no. Yeah. Like, I literally just it's not going to happen. I literally, yeah. like, yeah. 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 So much of our life. We have so much yeah. to do. We have so, like, I remember when my, when my mom passed away three weeks before my 16th birthday. Forever. And I, we had been, I learned, like, we've been driving together, like, 
I have like memories yeah. of listening to Ashley yeah. Simpson while, while driving. We all love Ashley Simpson. I know, but like God love my mom being a strong black woman and just being like, sure, I guess my black daughter is going to listen to Ashley Simpson while learning to drive. Like we're going to let her do that. Um, be you. Uh, and I just like one of my initial thoughts was my birthday's coming. Like, yeah. How can she die before my birthday? Like, I was right. get my yeah. license. Like, yeah. so I can I can only imagine your thoughts were like, no, we just get married, yeah. right? Yeah, this is like how this is supposed to happen. Yeah, not that. I think that's what a lot of the no, no, no was like. Mm -hmm. No, you have the wrong person. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, you know. So when we were in Charleston, we you know naively kind of pull the goalie and we're like, let's make a baby while we're here and. Turns out we did not. Um, I don't know if that's good or bad either. I always think like, what if I, what if yeah. that had were? Right. It's, it's, it's a game I play in my head. It's really fun. Uh, I know. I know. Why do we do that? I don't know. Because I also think like, if you, what if, what if you did? And then what if like your grief was so terrible that what if you would have miscarried? Yeah. Like, oh, 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 like, yeah. Yeah. Not to add that to your plate. I mean, I'm, yeah. I know you've already thought about it, but like, yeah, right. No, yeah. but that's where I go. And that's again why someone did the no, no, no. Is I was like, we had so much to do. Like yeah. we had, I literally had boxes in the corner of this condo, still a wedding present when they came oh. over. We weren't even unpacked, mm -hmm. um, you know. And then after that, like just the most surreal ten days of my life took place. It's one thing when you're planning a funeral, which I know you both have been a part of. It's another mm -hmm. thing to plan a military funeral. Yeah. Uh, Dan was the first person to die while in action at this Air Force base where we live. Oh. So it was a really big deal. Um, there was news and media like waiting outside of my condo gate, like trying to come in. Like what? all of my all of my neighbors lovely, and they would like come in through the gate and let the gate close. They wouldn't let another car in behind them because media was trying to talk to me and oh my uh, god, like insane. Just That's a whole other level. It, well, yeah, and it's just like, oh, wow. what? Like, yeah. yeah. What were you? It's not like you were there. So, like, yeah. it's not like you can give an eyewitness report. Like, the only eyewitness report you can give is to your grief, like, to your pain. Right. Yeah, I know. Yeah, and leave me alone. I don't yeah. want to tell a camera. So, we ended up doing, like, a press conference. My father was amazing during this time and was like, okay, we're going to do it one time and one time. Oh, we're going to talk. We're going to give you the newspaper article or whatever you want. And then we're moving on. And then you'll. And then. Mm -hmm. um, so we did it. Yes. So we did the press conference, which was uh, necessary and nice to kind of just put behind us. Um, Dan's family had come from Wisconsin, Chicago, and Minnesota mm -hmm. uh, to be with us. Um, so that was kind of all like getting them here and organizing flights because we, the military, um, when a military member dies, you get what's called a death gratuity, and they put $100,000 in your bank account, and you use that to, like, fly everybody, take time off of work, pay for things. Um, so I had one of my best girlfriends from uh, from high school, like, in my office with the door closed, buying, like, 37 plane tickets for, like, all of his family. Um, the worst part, though, not the worst part, obviously, a bad part, was... <laughs> His family, his parents are separated. One's in Wisconsin. Um, well, they were both in Wisconsin. And they said, how do you want his parents to find out? And I said, I want you to send out. They said, we can either send out Air Force personnel or you can tell them. And I said, 
I don't think I could do it justice. I don't think I'm going to do it the way they deserve. And I loved his parents. Still do. So they said, okay, we're going to send out Air Force personnel. We'll let you know as soon as we know. So I'm sitting here. It's been like six hours since I found out he died. And I haven't talked to anyone in his family. I just want to talk to a family member. So I get a message that was like, dad's been notified. I'm like, thank God. So I go outside and I call dad. Dad was like, hey, sweetie, how are you? Dad had not been notified. No. Someone fucked up somewhere. And I had to tell him that his son was killed. And it was. Daily hell. I don't know. I never found out. Who did I talk to? I don't it's know. like the wrong package. To, like when Amazon sends her package, and yeah. you like open the front door and you're like, the fuck it is. Yeah, I can't wait to picture of who it was delivered to. Yeah, that's it. It not left by. Yeah. Yep. Which front door did you leave it by? Because it wasn't mine. Oh, no. I didn't know what the third son died in Afghanistan. I know. I know. Somebody. Oh, God. Shit. I had to tell his. I had to tell his dad that he died, which was horrific. Oh. Not anything I think I did well. We kind of joke about it now. And he's like, you did fine. I'm like, did I? I don't even remember what I said. But like, how do you, like, you, how do you do it well? Oh, yeah. You know? Well, I think think he inherently knew is I, you know, I said, Jim, I have some really bad news. And he said, is it Daniel? And I said, yes. And he said, is he gone? And I said, Mm -hmm. yeah. And then he said, I'll call you back. (laughs) Oh, please. So he, I think he, like I said, he somewhat knew, you know, he had a feeling. Even Dan had a feeling between Iraq and Afghanistan, we just knew Afghanistan was different. He knew it was just heavier. It was more dangerous. It was, it was just different. Um, again, naively, not different enough to make me imagine the worst, I guess. And then, yeah, the rest of his family found out. They came. We did the press conference. Um, we planned the funeral, which was, I was just a bitch. I was like, they were just holding up caskets. And I'm like, the one on the right, like, move on. Like, I just would, I was just over it. Yeah. It you don't want just to be there. You don't want to about, be doing that. This should not you know. be your life. This isn't, this isn't your path. Yeah. It was not, it was not great, obviously. Um, all of his, all of his coworkers came the day it happened. Um, and they all came in, like, in a line. There was, like, 11 guys just like hugging me some i had met some i hadn't met before uh-huh. just kind of giving their condolences and and this is kind of where i guess my stories almost collide a little bit there was one one guy that i hadn't met before that hugged me and it was so weird and i i've always believed in kind of like my intuition and i just thought that hug felt different but in like a safe way i was like oh i felt like he was i don't know it was weird it's very hard to put into words but i was like that hug felt safe and protective. Oh, um, yeah. He, now my fiance of many years. And oh, my God. We are getting married in June, which I'm very excited about. Yeah. In Hawaii next right? month. Yeah, Hawaii next month. But something, something in me, it wasn't romantic immediately. It was very, like, protective. Um, so we went through the 10 days planning, and he was there every day, just like the rest of them, just kind of, like, observing he would walk by and like put a water ball in front of me and walk away he would walk by and like slide a plate of mac and cheese in front of me and walk away it was just very protective i guess who was he in relation to your then husband like was he were they in the same unit together or yeah they worked together they um 
they were friends as much as you can be friends through work. Mm-hmm. Um, Chris is his name. He had just gotten to Vandenberg when we got married, so there wasn't much of a, a crossover. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was actually a missing, a missing fisherman off the coast of their Air Force base. So Chris and Dan got to walk the beach for days on end, just like talking, looking for this. So it was kind of cool because they got to know each other a little bit. Wow. Um, and then the day we had his funeral service, they allowed me to go have alone time with his casket, I guess, if you will. Yeah. And I remember I walked up to the church and Chris was standing there in his full blues. Of course, it was him and just stepped, just stepped aside, opened the door for me and then guarded it while I had these oh. kind of last, last moments, which I don't remember. I wish I remembered it better. Mm-hmm. I don't remember what I said. I remember like laying on the casket. And then I came out and he opened the door for me and he was just kind of there um, as I just went through the shittiest, you know, 14 days of funeral planning. It was a two day event, one on base, one not. And it was just, oh my gosh, one solo, way more than a steam. It would have been, I think, had it been a non-military person. It's a bit like a civilian. Yeah. 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 But when we, when we drove to the Air Force base, there was just cars pulled over with like signs and American flags and people hanging over like the overpasses and all the families came out on the Air Force base. Uh, and it was like you see in a movie. It was, no one was speaking in the car ride. It was just, it was so surreal, but in like a really cool, cool way. Cooler now that I can look at it from afar. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. then all that is obviously super just, just weird. Ah, it was just surreal. Yeah, probably. Yeah. And then I went I, for, whenever I go, oh, sorry. No, you go. I, I was just going to say, whenever I see that, you know, like when passing by and like the, you know, the fire trucks will be out with like the big flag on overpass or people are like, like seeing like that whole, it's so moving and it's so touching and it makes, it feels, uh, it just fills you or fills me with like so much like a, such a such a strong sense of patriotism and yeah. you know i'm just but you know it's still sad obviously but sure. i think i'm so proud of my country that we, and you know yeah that we are and that's how it's celebrate that person but it, yeah i'm curious like did it did it really feel like that for oh me yeah in that moment yeah Good. in wow. the moment i don't remember honestly i wish i remembered and i yeah. don't it's obviously grief protecting everything but we all met on the tarmac where they got his casket off, which was draped in the American flag. Mm-hmm. Well, oh God, this is like literally just like what? every movie you've ever seen. Yeah. Chris, my fiance now was a Paul, a Paul bear. So he carried my husband's casket off the plane. He carried it into the church for me. Um, you know, I got handed the folded flag and all that stuff. Just, yeah. I mean, all that. I have like... pictures from all of that, which I'm so grateful for because those are moments I don't fully remember. Yeah. Uh, and I'm really, they had a um, a base photographer, just part of the military funeral come and just document the entire thing, which was such a blessing. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then it was just over. And then you're like, okay, now yeah. what? So what all that pop and circumstance. Yeah. And then you're just, then everything is just gone. And yeah. I mean, that is very relatable too. I would say probably for a lot of people, you know, with, with, yeah. Planning the funeral and having the funeral and family and friends and family coming in and friends coming in and visits. And then all of a sudden it's at some point, I stop. I need to go back to their life. Yeah. 
but your life that's it. forever altered. Uh, so like that, yeah 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 and that's kind of when it obviously hit me yeah you know for real for real mm-hmm. it was like okay his family left which was heart-wrenching um he's got three brothers and one of them looks identical to him even now when i see him i'm like am i attracted to you with or like <laughs> how do i feel about you it's just it's so crazy that would be weird yeah yes yeah, it is my their eyes and everything it's crazy um which is also a bit heartbreaking though too like i if oh, somebody was walking around this world like looking just like my husband but like it wasn't my husband that would be weird for me too you know i random tangent i saw a woman um i was at doing a work event um and we were like doing focus groups and one of the women looked like my mom a little bit yeah threw me the f off like i kept like i was like looking at her but not looking at her but then i could figure out how to ask question. and like it was a weird like it would so like i couldn't imagine oh yeah, it's so tricky. <laughs> it it, it brings back see frequently. Yeah, it brings back so many. Yeah, like it. Ju- it's just weird. It stirs something up in you that you're like, I don't know if I like it right now. I don't know yeah. how I'm feeling at the moment. Yeah, but their voices are so much. It's just insane. And luckily, I'm very close with him and his wife. Um, I go out there to Chicago to visit him now with Chris and our girls. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, his kids and my kids call each other cousins. Like I'm just very blessed with with Dan's family, which I know many widows did not have that same experience, unfortunately. Um, you know, where it lost ghost you and disappear and um, but yeah, then the funeral ends and you're just like, okay, like what the hell? Like all the especially all this hype around like who he was and um the the notoriety of it, I guess, being like but you know, a military death, a, a KIA, and then it's just over and you're just like, wah wah. Like I drank a lot after that. Oh, I'm sure. Oh, sure. Lots of alcohol. Did you uh, yet to stay with you then yeah. for longer after that? Or years. Okay. Years. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she stayed with me for a really long time. Um her so she's my namesake. She's Lane Kristen Harlow. I was born Kristen Lane Harlow, so we're super close. Um oh. she's amazing. So she stayed with me for until I moved to this house with or the house I moved in with my current fiance. So we were together for a long time after that. Oh my uh, gosh. But yeah, I, I, I went back to work after three months. And in those three months, I think I, I was, ter- first of all, I was a terrible employee. I took like two hour lunches. I, I just didn't give a shit. Yeah. I didn't know how to be. But I finally quit. You don't. And, yeah. I went back in January. I quit in April. No, like March 30th. And I just said, you know, I'm not, I'm not being a good employee to you. I need to take time sure. to yeah. find myself. I want to go travel. I want to visit Dan's family. So I quit um, the day before my birthday. April Fool's Day, actually, is when I quit. Um, and yeah, I, I was diagnosed with cancer again that June. So I didn't get much traveling in. Again? What? Again. I, so Wait, again? I had it twice. Yeah. I had it twice. Don't like, she just slipped that in there. Let's, okay. But that's right. Oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah. I'm remembering. Yes. Yes. I was diagnosed with cancer while Dan was in Iraq. And he was my, so he was just my boyfriend at the time. He was in Iraq. First time that he was deployed. Yeah. Well, yeah. Did, did he right. know, like, did, did you like what column? And you're like, yes, I, I had, to, I, yeah, I waited that evening. So I had gotten in a car accident, long story short. Um, the steering wheel went into my abdomen. Yeah. It was stupid. Wait, is that your car accident? Okay. The steering wheel went into my abdomen. This is when he was deployed. And I had some weird pain, clearly from the steering wheel. The doctor's like, let's just do a quick little CAT scan to make sure you didn't rupture anything. 
So they do this CAD scan and they find like this little tiny marble of something. The doctor was like, that looks like maybe a massive fat. So let's do a laparoscopic surgery. So I'm talking to Dan while he's in Iraq. I'm like, hi, to go have this stupid laparoscopic surgery. And so I like went home and got my bed already, like with my Grey's Anatomy reruns. And I came out, I'd be home in three hours for my laparoscopic surgery. Yeah. I go in and I wake up just open from sternum to crotch, just like 43 staples straight down the middle. And they had found this like basketball-sized tumor just wrapped around every organ in my abdomen. And you had no idea? No idea. No idea. This car accident, granted, it did break my friend. It broke, broke like, my friend. I was driving her, her, like, collar and her shoulder, collarbone and shoulder. So I apologize for that. But it saved my life, essentially. Um, And I had this massive tumor, which ended up being something called liposarcoma, which is cancer of your fat cells. And it's for African African American elderly gentlemen like over the age of sixty five, and I'm like, hi, what? I'm like this little white girl who's twenty three at the time and getting this like, like super would have never even yeah they would have never even like no. thought that that like you didn't no. know yeah. absolutely not okay so I fight that while he's gone basketball size yeah and essentially they had gotten the tumor out so I was doing like maintenance chemo like let's get in there and just make sure we're gonna knock everything else out I didn't lose my hair during this chemo um by the time Dan came back from my rack I had one more chemo session left so he got to go with me to my very last chemo I got to like ring a bell like we I'm cancer free type of thing um so I was diagnosed on June 5th 2009 which is where the five comes in so we planned our wedding day for June 5th 2010. I was like let's replace that crappy day yeah, yeah. 50,010. The best day. Okay, yeah. So then he died on October 5th, 2010. Fuck. And then I was diagnosed again with cancer June 5th of 2011. God. You are lagging. Oh, my God. So the same diagnosis date uh, two years apart from each other. Just crazy. And so what, what, what was the story around the second diagnosis then? Uh, it was like a, a regrowth essentially. So the tumor was sitting on my abdominal aorta, which clearly you can't like scrape away too much because you nick that thing. I'm, I'm done. Like your aorta pumps all the blood to your heart. Um, so he did the best he could, but they feared that there might've been some, a little bit left behind. And that's what that chemo was for. But unfortunately it grew back with a vengeance. Like it came back quick and fast. So they like threw the kitchen sink at me. Like, I mean, I was bald. I was frail. It was not, not it, pretty. This is not even a year after your husband. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. This is. So I went to UCLA to have this surgery from this world renowned doctor who basically opened me up, took like a quarter of my small intestine to like get around things and was like, I can't do anything for you. Like, Enjoy the time you have, essentially, is what he told me. Oh, and he was... Uh, he, took, he took a quarter I of your stress. It was yours. Like, for what? Well, I don't know. Now it's like, I'm not paying the bill. I know. He, he was an asshole. He was oh, not far. Christine. Yeah. So he was like, go enjoy the time you have. Like, if I can't do it, no one can. Is literally what he said. Gross. And then he goes... Is that a baby blanket that you have with you? And I was like, yeah, it's my blanket that I carried. He's like, my two-year-old has one of those. And like walked away and that's the last I've ever seen of this guy. And I'm like, I want to like, hunt this man down. Oh, I yeah. He's terrible. Oh my gosh. 
Not a fan of UCLA because of that. Sorry. I'm sure it's wonderful. They're, don't blame they, you. They don't sponsor us. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay, good. You're good. We're going to sponsor So that was a uh, terrible experience, basically being told, like, best of luck to you. So I went home and got more ringing. What kind of, like, oh. oncologists have that kind of... And I guess if you are an oncologist, you have to have... A, be somewhat hardened to it like you're seeing yeah. to people all day but like oh. have some goddamn bedside manners but you i think had good that. with you he was so like uh well known in the business his dad was like some huge doctor as well and he was extremely good looking so he was just like a prick like he was cocky arrogant no he had a small penis i was oh, just gonna really? say i was no out of protect you Ball. know it. it's giving so that energy yeah. i wish i could have told him that in the moment yeah i know yeah i'm gonna send him an email yeah yeah i'm sure i still have his information <laughs> for that one let's see that was june i came home and went through chemo and radiation and it was awful radiating your gut is like i mean i vomited i don't know 15 times a week for months on end like oh, you're just God. i was miserable miserable eat like no no oh, God. no nothing how is it miserable oh there's yeah it's terrible so i don't even remember i feel like then what happened and then i was recommended to stanford and i met this amazing surgeon who was from greece and he was just like a greek god i love him mm -hmm. he's lovely mm -hmm. and he basically sat me down and he was like i will try this surgery but there is a 33 percent chance I'm going to kill you and I'm going to nick that aorta and you're going to bleed out. There's a 33% oh, chance you're going to have a clostomy bag and you're going to lose your small intestine completely. And there's a 33% oh chance that I'm going to get this and you're going to be fine. So he goes, go home with that and let's talk in like two weeks. And I'm like, okay, like two weeks. Okay. <laughs> so I went home and I talked to my therapist. I talked to my family i guess as much as i let them in with all the stuff um and yeah I, at one point i decided i was gonna i wasn't gonna do the surgery i was like i'm just gonna enjoy what i got i've got an amazing little nephew who is like a lifesaver to me who's gonna be 13 soon blows my mind um, but i just wanted to be with my family i didn't want to take the risk yeah my brother who is literally one of my best friends my little brother he's not little he's like six two giant guy uh he was like man up and have the surgery like we need you like stop being a little bitch and have the surgery and i was like okay i'll do it oh my god so i had the surgery and it was a 33 percent chance that he got it and everything was good so we got the good um odds thank god you know uh, yeah yeah and he was just like my saving grace the recovery that followed was worse than any cancer i've ever had because he had to take another uh, third of my small intestine so I couldn't I couldn't eat um, I had to end up getting a, a what's called a pick line so that you eat through um, like a vein it's not eating really it's like calories on in a backpack uh, it was a mess I mean I almost died from that way more than I ever reached death with cancer it was it was really scary um, yeah and that was that was that I have PTSD horrifically from being so ill from that at one point, I thought I was going to die. I went to my mom's. I'm like, I don't think I'm waking up in the morning. So can I stay the night? <laughs> mind, if I, mind if I crash? Live and die in here. Mind yeah. Could I really crash? Yeah, really. Can my body physically die right here on your couch? Yeah. Um, 
And I did wake up, thank goodness. And again, my brother was there being like, <laughs> we'd be in the hospital and my mom would be like loving on me. And they leave and my brother would be like, listen the fuck up. You're going to drink this Gatorade. You're going to eat and you're going to stop being a pussy. Like he just, <laughs> he had it. He was like, yeah, you need you side. I need somebody to call you and somebody to push through. Because they say, because I've never had cancer, thank God. But they say like a lot of it is, is a, a mind. Like you have, oh. to put, you have to put in your mind like resilient. Yeah. Going to do this, yeah, yeah. That you have, that you have what it takes to do this. And I did it in the beginning. At first, I was like, I'm gonna go see Dan. Like, bye. Like, yeah. I'm out. Like, I yeah. just lost my husband, and yeah. now I'm going for the fight of my life. No thing. fight. No, yeah. I'm good. Yeah, we're big believers of heaven and Jesus Christ. I was like, I'm going to go reunite with that guy. That's fine. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah. You all enjoy your yep. and See you later. <laughs> yeah. See that was up for me. This is clear. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it was just insane. That recovery process was just mind blowing. I, it was just, I, yeah, but I recovered as much as you can. I mean, I have terrible stomach issues. I don't oh, gain any weight, thank goodness. I mean, if one thing positive came from this, like, thank you, Jesus. That girl, yeah. yeah. But I also go, um, I also poop about 23 times a day. So, oh, you know, it comes, gosh. <laughs> it comes with its pros and cons. Because I have that small impression. It's like this long. What I eat is just out of me. Oh, my God. So, okay. So, but you've had two biological children, right? So how did that work? Yeah. So oh, was that before, yeah. before I started chemo and radiation, I was told you're not going to have kids. Like we're going to, we're going to zap you so bad. And I had already had chemo from the first round when Dan was in Iraq. Um, so I, they said, do you want to get your eggs frozen? I said, yes. Um, Dan had already passed. I was, so this is the second bout of cancer. I went through all the shots. Most women get like 25 eggs. I got four, four sad little eggs. Because my body just was not produced. Like, there, it was just done. It had already been through too much damage. It had already right. been through the the initial, like, cancer, the grief, the, like, there's a whole, like, your body. It, yeah, it, it had been through man. a yeah. lot. Yeah. Um, so I paid 25 grand mm-hmm. out of pocket to get these four shriveled little cancer eggs, which I was like, okay, they're like, and they were like, they don't even look that viable. Like, they felt so bad. So I essentially, they told me I'm never going to have children. Uh, so after Dan died and it kind of takes us back to the Chris thing there's this protective person around me all the time now and when um, Chris got to the Air Force Base before Dan died he was going through a divorce his wife cheated on him and did not follow to he was coming from Florida his wife said we're not coming with you I'm seeing someone else I'm going to keep your nine month old and your two year old little boy and we're not coming Oh my God. So I met him and he was at his lowest and I was at my lowest. So we were like, do you want to be friends and just like go through? I mean, I spent Halloween, Halloween after Dan died with him, carving pumpkins, watching scary movies, just being like, just having that companionship. Just someone, Mm -hmm. yeah. Someone who was just as miserable missing parts of him, missing his children. Um, and that just kind of obviously grew into like and love. Um, we had a super intense relationship right off the bat. And then he was going to the exact same town that my husband was killed in. So he no. broke up and was like, I don't want to put you through this. Um, I can't do this to you type of thing. Um, I got cancer while he was gone. This bad bout of cancer when he was gone. We reconnected. Okay. Kristen, hold on. 
you're so much faster. I know. I'm like, and then, and then, and then you're like falling. Yeah, you're falling for this the guy, other guy, his co-worker who does the exact same worker who didn't yeah. know, who who then. Oh my god! It then breaks up with He breaks up with me. So then I'm not only dealing with losing this boyfriend, but I'm kind of like re going through stuff with Dan. Like, mm-hmm. where's my yeah. band aid? He was like a band aid, and mm-hmm. now the band has gone. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. Then I get cancer. It, so yes, yeah, so, so you're you're like re grieving, and then you have cancer. Oh, yeah. yeah, it was really shitty. You're reminding me how shitty it was. It was terrible. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's so funny. It's where go? Like you when you survived it like you go anytime I like retell the the like years after my mom passed away and like not having parents and like all of those things I like I'm like yeah that's kind of shitty wasn't it that, that's a really <laughs> crappy thing I went through you know what <laughs> I've been through some shit right <laughs> and you kind of forget about it I'm actually attempting to write a book I don't know how it's going but just the other day, I wrote about October 5th and when he died. And I was like, fuck, that's dark. Like, that was me. I did that. Mm-hmm. But like, yeah. I forgot, I guess, how crappy it was and how yeah. heavy it was. It's, it, uh, it's to kind of relive, too. Oh, yeah. I, and I relived it so many times between yeah. random, you know, things, I guess, therapy yeah. and uh, yeah. some other news news things I've done like 10 years later and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I got cancer when Chris was deployed. He came back. I was bald as shit and just like this tiny little frail thing. I wore my wig. All cute. Um, I wish I would have rocked the bald head more. That's something I kind of regret. Really? I didn't. I wore the wig. I slept in it. Like, I did not want to be seen without it. You know, so that was... Yeah, there's it, There's a lot. I'm weird about my hair as well. Like, there are a lot to be said about... Yeah. Yeah. I just, you you know, like, like, I just want one thing I can fucking control. And right now, it's yes. a goddamn wig. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Amen. I did one time vomit into it in a drinking binge. I took it off and then used it. A three hundred dollar Cuban hair wig as a vomit bucket. <laughs> so that was probably my. Maybe if there was a rock bottom in there, that might have been it. But you know, who's to say? Yeah. <laughs> that well, went probably. I can't have unfolded it out pretty well. I mean, yeah, kept it perfect. Oh, no dripping. Yeah, it was not my proudest moment. Anyway, he came back to me being very sick. Um, and we, of course, picked up right where we left off. We're kind of friends with benefits. And one day I woke up and my boobs were real sore. And I was like, what is this? And I had pregnancy tests left over from when Dan and I were married. And it was positive. Stop it. We, uh, oh. So we were not dating. We, not many people knew we had already dated because it was pretty soon after Dan died. Yeah. So we were like, what? None of Dan's family knew that we had dated. Mm-hmm. So now I have to call Dan's family and say, I'm pregnant with someone you didn't even know I existed, essentially. Yeah. Dan's co-worker. Yeah. Uh-huh. And they're like, oh, yeah, remember the guy who was carrying his casket, that one in the front left? Yeah. That's my that guy. That's cute. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. And then he deployed right after we got pregnant. Oh, which was fuck's sake. Probably too. He went to Kuwait, which was very safe. He was on like a, a bingo team and like a volleyball team. And it was a living, yeah. Yeah. Oh, he was living, he had more of a social life than I did. I'm sitting here <laughs> pregnant with a child. Just like, enjoy Applebee's. Like there was an Applebee's. Yeah. Uh, 
So I gave birth alone with not alone. My brother was my birthing partner and he cut my daughter's umbilical cord and it was lovely. And Chris, Chris got to be there on the, um, well, it was Skype back then, I guess. Um, yeah. And then he came back safely. Thank goodness. And we had a miscarriage, unfortunately, after that. Um, yeah, that was really tough. And then I had another little girl. So, and at this point, so at what point? Were you guys like, all right, we're actually dating? Was it after the pregnancy test? You're like, all right, after I like, but you. like, but like maybe like a month later, we were gonna like, let's get apartments that connect to each other and let's co-parent. Yeah. And then he was like, well, I'm deploying, so let's buy you a house for the baby, and I'll just put my stuff in there while I'm deployed. And then it was just, yeah, uh, we're doing this. we were just in love and happy, and yeah, you guys are also trying like trying to protect each other, maybe too, or protect yourself. Oh. And it kind of protect you, like yeah. yeah. It was. I mean, so we just had April thirtieth was our ten year. So our dating anniversary is the day I peed on the stick. That's what we said. <laughs> like that. I like that. <laughs> well, I guess we're doing this. So April thirtieth was our ten year anniversary, and between the two of us, I mean, we have been through so much. Like he carried my husband's casket. We've been through infertility. His wife cheated on him. We've had such a custody battle with his two other children. Um, it's been so much that I'm like, we've been through more than like people who have been married 70 years go through. Yeah. Um, and it's crazy and we're very, very happy. And we have two beautiful little girls, uh, who are very healthy, nine and almost seven. Uh, yeah. And a 16 year old stepson and then a 13 year old stepdaughter we're getting. So we're getting married in June, but it's actually just like a commitment ceremony. We're not getting legally married. Uh -huh. uh, and yeah, that's just where I'm at. And it's and crazy. Is it on June 5th? Yeah. Good right? No. Oh, the 5th of the Yeah. What trips me out is I haven't seen an oncologist or had my scans in so long because we actually moved to Maryland for two and a half years, me and Chris and our two little girls, so that he could finish up his Air Force career. Mm -hmm. So we just got back to California, and I have my cancer scans coming up, and it'll be around June 5th when I get the results. So I'm like, awesome. Yeah. I'm like, can we make it the 4th or the 6th? So yeah. I'm freaking out that it's come back and, you know, that's just what you do. Once you have it once, I'm, I'm sure it's when you lose someone. It's the same thing with grief. Like yeah. now everyone's going to die, obviously. Oh, was I, 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 the other day I would, um, I was leaving in the morning to, to go work out. And I was like, I'm, I might die on the way to the gym. So I went back upstairs, gave my husband a kiss. And I don't think he knows that actually. <laughs> Why all the brains? Why do our brains? I have to kiss puppy dog every single effing morning because I'm like this. Well, you never know in America yeah. these days, but yeah. like, this could be the last time I see that. Like I, yeah, yeah. Every time my husband drives away for work, I'm like, you're dying today. You don't answer yeah. my text message. You're dead on the side yeah. of the road. I go yes. immediately to like that used to be a thing in in the early years of Ben and I's relationship and marriage is that like yeah. I go immediately to death. Like sure. not not cheating, oh. not like yeah. I don't know. Like I just. It, immediately to death like there was one time he locked himself out of our house and this is before we had kids and he like i hadn't answered text message i hadn't answered anything from me in like hours and yeah like usually he called me on his way home from work and i remember like driving like bad out of hell like trying to get home so i was like he's fucking dead and yeah it's just like he knew I was going to be freaking out the most. He was like in the driveway. He's like, okay, I'm okay. And he kind of I'm here. I'm here. Yeah. He was like, I know, I know you were freaking out. I locked my phone. I do not have keys. My phone is. Oh, you were coming. Well, thank goodness that he at least recognizes your concern and yeah, you know, can meet you there. Yeah. So, and then 
I forgot in 2019, after we had already had our two children, Chris actually deployed again to Afghanistan, the same area where Dan was killed. So we did end up going through uh, a bit of a deployment. Luckily, it was cut short after three months, but I was terrified. Anytime a car would drive down the street, yeah, I would yeah. think that, that's clearly a notification team like coming to yeah. tell me that he died. Um, so, so that was a white, really unmarked car. You're like, that's it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. For a knock on my door. Um, no, love the door. Oh, I, yeah. Yeah. And I swear it was a God thing. After three months, they were like, they don't need us here anymore. Like, stuff has slowed down. They're sending us home. And I was like, thank you, Jesus, because my mental health, trying to raise two little girls, why worrying that every time your phone buzzes or a car drives by, like... Your husband's dead. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So that, and that's still something ideal, especially with my kids. Maybe it's a mom thing, but I always think my kids are going to die. Like, this is the day there's going to be a school shooting. Like, all right. Oh, it's just God. Horrific. Oh, I know. I you know, I think that is because you... At least for me. So, like, I used to always say that, like, I you couldn't break me because the worst thing that happened that could happen already already did. Yeah. But then I had kids, and I was like, oh, oh, yeah. oh yeah. Like, I was like, oh, there's more. Oh, it's yeah. them. Like, yeah. that would not survive something happening to them. And so no. I knew it is it is motherhood. Um, oh, beautiful yeah. and daunting and terrifying at the same time. And, and because yes. you now know it's possible. So like, you yeah. know, like I'm sure every mom sees that. Every mom is like, I would never survive the loss of my child. Yeah. But I, but having gone through a grief journey before that, you now know that it is absolutely possible to yeah. lose someone you love that much. Well, I, yeah. I mean, if not more, like they're a part, they came from you. They're a part of you. They're at, mm -hmm. yes. They're like my heart walking around outside. Yep. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, so that's a lot of PTSD that I have that I've worked through years of therapy. And then I ended up going to get my master's in psychology so I could just do it myself and not have to pay. <laughs> I'll do it for other people. Now. Much easier. Right. Um, yeah. And yeah, I mean, I had to do a lot of work to get past all of that stuff because you worry and you, I mean, you know, now that I'm a mom, the cancer re reoccurrence is so terrifying because that I'm like, because yeah. yeah. <laughs> now am I, can I can be ripped away from them. That's yeah. Like, oh, girl. There's a lot. There's a lot. Girl. Yeah. And then anytime it, I get, I'll get a cold, right, or a fever, and I'll lay in bed. Yeah. I do get a lot of sickness still just because my body has lost its immune system. So anytime my kids get the sniffles, I have, like, pneumonia. And uh, instead of me tucking them in, Chris will bring COVID. them to me. Oh, yeah, I did get COVID. I thought right. COVID was miserable for you. It worked. And so Chris will bring them into my room. As I'm laying here watching, you know, I don't know, bro, oh, and they'll, like, kiss me and be like, good night, mommy. And I'm like, is this what it's going to be like when I have cancer again? Like, mommy's all weak in bed, and they're like, kiss bald mommy like i have flashes of just like this is what it's gonna be like as i'm dying of cancer because clearly that's gonna yeah happen. yeah i feel like every you know i'm watching right now there's people who are dying of cancer and i'm like okay ptsd oh. calm down calm down it's not gonna yeah. be you that's mom. right not. yeah i mean am i so what do you do to try to cope with a lot of that like that's a lot like that is a lot of like and then that's the thing about grief. It can, like, grow legs and become this, like, crazy-ass monster that you're like, oh. yeah. yeah. Um, and a lot of that's anxiety, right? Like, it's yeah. fueled by that. So, like, what are some yes. things you do to, like, try to recenter yourself? Like, I take 40 milligrams of Celexa every morning. What that's fuck, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> love team over here. <laughs> All about it. Then you got pulling it. You can be on. Mm -hmm. Um. Mm -hmm. You know, and I just to get you through, you know, oh my God. and when I don't take it, wash out like, yeah, it, 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 
Um, and then I've just learned like really simple coping skills through therapy, like stopping the thought before it gets, because I'm sure you guys know with grief, the second that that thought gets in your head, it'll tear you apart. It'll ruin yeah. your day like that. Oh, so I have yeah. to stop it in its tracks and be like, literally not today. Yeah, not today. Like I got kids to raise who need me right now. I can't worry about what's going to happen in the future. Yeah. Easier said than done on all the time. Uh, but, you know, and I do a lot of things called scheduled worrying and scheduled grieving. So a lot of the times I'll take all of Dan's stuff out and just like be with it. If I can like <laughs> feel it coming. Like you, Rashida. Rashida I, do yeah. I do things like that. I like calling it scheduled grief. Yeah. It's uh, scheduled grief. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Sarah, I'm like, that is wild, Rashida. Yeah. It just drives it straight that. into it. Just go no, that, um, that, is, that is what I was taught in therapy. She's like, you bring your Dan box down, literally and figuratively, and you just grieve in the moment. It'll it, get it out of your system. Otherwise, your feels. It just like creeps in. Little yeah. by little, and then you're grumpy, and then you're treating those around you poorly, and then yeah. you're really yeah, you're emotional. No, get your box yeah. out and just sit with it. And I do the same thing, kind of with anxiety. Like if I'm feeling it in the moment, um, I plan like to either feel it and move through it, or to just like talk myself out of it and pull all the little tools out of my toolkit that I've learned, just to be like, what are the chances this is going to happen? What are the chances there's going to be a school shooting? Like let's walk, let's talk ourselves through this. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Or mm -hmm. you know, luckily I work in their school. Thank goodness. Um, so that helps. Yeah, that yeah. helps a balance. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, or with Chris going to work, he rides his motorcycle to work. I'm like, really? I've done like that's just another dangerous thing. So I just yeah. think put like, that away. Yeah, right. It's his dad's who died. I'm like, I can't tell him oh. put it away. Yeah. Yeah. That's his. He's yes. That's how he. That's his thing. Yeah. So gotta let him have it. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. okay. But yeah, scheduled grief is like legit, and it's sure. it's really, um, especially if you know like anniversaries are creeping up. October fifth mm -hmm. is like for me that I'll just be like grumpy like two weeks leading up, and I'm like, nope, I gotta I gotta get this done. So feel it, grieve it, move on. So, so yeah, I just had my mom's anniversary, and I planned to take a day off. And go to go do a workout, and then go do the spa. It was basically a day to myself. Sure. Um, so I was like, I was like, but but it was doing stuff that I love to do that lights me up, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, but leading up to it, I was like, my husband was like, are you sure we're gonna be alone? Like this seems weird. Like why are you like I don't know anybody else. Like people normally do this. I don't know. Like you know, like yeah. yeah. I was like Rashida does, and he's like, well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But she does it on your again. Yeah, exactly. I was like, I was like, you know, this, like the first year, we like it felt very forced. We were like, we like tried to we like to mass, and then we went to go eat lunch somewhere. And then we were trying to go mm -hmm. to like somewhere else. And I thought that my mom used to like to go to and live in gardens, and it ended up being it just felt very forced. And yeah. it was weird. So I was like, okay, that's not that's not. Yeah, I was like, okay, that's not it. The second the second year, I was like, I just worked and powered through, it. and I was like, this ain't it either. Yeah, so I was like, okay, I'm gonna try this this year. Well, our daughter gets strep throat, and yeah. so keep her home from school. So that's I did, yeah, yeah. So I was like, okay, well, that's what I'm gonna do. So I, you know, took her to the doctor, and we kind of had like a little bit of a day. But I was like, I just got back online. I was like, I'll just work. But it was so strange when so she got strep throat, so she had to take a box. She doctor gave her a box to sell, and she hates it. Like she, yeah. it's even it can be flavored. I still have to like. It's like this much of oxygen with like this much chocolate syrup. Yeah. So like, and then on top of that, um, which I don't know how that can taste good, like the flavored with chocolate uh, syrup, whatever. 
Well, on top of that, I take her to the dollar store and I'm like, pick out, it was 10 days. So I was like, it, twice a day for 10 days, I pick out 20 prizes. Oh gosh, good for you. Well, fifty dollars like, later at the dollar store. When I say we're throwing some extras, you know, and was a dollar. I don't even have the patience for that. Like I would not no part of me would have the patience for Dom to pick out twenty things. Oh, she's so that she like I want this, I want that. Oh and so are not in my body takes two hours to pick out one thing. That's what I'm saying. Not yeah. of, cautious Carl. Dom, we would have been in the dollar store for effing ever. He would have been weighing his pros and cons. He would have been like, no. Sizing up off each other. Yes. Yes. No. Like, which one's bigger? Which? Yeah. That's yeah. how she, that, like, she listening to five-year-old thing. logic for that long, I'm like, oh, no. When, it's, when you give them the opportunity to pick out 20 different things, she's just like, yeah, I want it. Yeah, it was you. Yeah yeah yeah, yeah. 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 Like, when it's one thing, then that's when they're going to mm. do that. Twenty is a lot. So I can twenty is a lot, and so walk out fifty dollars less. And um, when we were standing in the when we were standing in the store, like all of a sudden, like I just got like super lightheaded. Like I could like really um like my chest got really tight. Like I felt like like I didn't feel well because you were and, wondering how you were getting ready to spend fifty dollars and fifty dollars. Yeah, I, I really I would yeah. <laughs> True. Probably it was like all kinds of things. Yeah. But but um I was like, okay, I've had caffeine, I've had water, yeah. I've had to go through all my tests. Yeah, I'm like, I'm like, hey, I'm, I've gone through all my things. And then I got I got in the car, I looked at the time, I'm like, wow, it's a lot earlier than I thought. I was like, I haven't forgot a lot of the day. Good. And then I was like, oh my gosh. I started feeling weird at the time my mouth cast. And Great. so yeah and so that yeah. that was really your body to know your body knows and that was probably yeah, maybe like my first like recognition of like your body recognizes grief before yeah. your brain does yeah so that and then from like that on uh, that that time on the rest of the day i was just yeah back in that feeling i haven't yeah. felt that feeling in so long that just yeah i just like you just feel down and dumpy and just heavy. Oh, heavy. Yeah. 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 Uh, and see, I, I wish Dan's mom s- th- claims, and I totally believe her, that so Dan would have died around 3 a.m. for me in California um, okay. because he was, of course, on the other side of the country or the world. Um, and his mom, like, was woken up at about 5 because she's in Wisconsin, and she, like, couldn't breathe, same type of thing. And then she was like, ooh, that was kind of weird. And like went back to bed. And it turns out it was like right around the time that that, oh. that he packed. And I'm the opposite. I'm like, I blew, I blow dried my hair and my husband was dead. I put my shoes on and my husband was dead. Like I go through the list of things that I was just like, went to work and made my coffee. And he was, his heart was no longer beating. It, yeah. And that might be like a, you know, we talked about like your kids are a part of you. Like. A part of you left. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that could be, yeah. It feels like a betrayal of my own body. Like, you just went along your day thinking, like, you were fine, and your husband was no longer here. Mm -hmm. Um, Chris knew before I did, like, all the Air Force guys found out before I did, and it's just, like, crazy to me. that yeah. So I feel that heaviness right in early October. Our last phone call was October 2nd, thank goodness, and he died on the 5th. So right before the second, that whole heaviness and like, 
Ugh. Yeah. Like you're PMSing basically. Like you're about to start your period. Yeah. Yep. And then I'll be like, that's a perfect way to describe it. Yeah. yeah. And then I'm like, oh, it's early October. So mm-hmm. this is when it starts. You know, this is when the, yeah. it's you know, a week or two yeah. of just crap. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, you see this change and everything, but you're in California and you don't really have that. No, we don't. We have 70, or... 70 year round pretty much. Ooh, yeah. 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 <laughs> Beautiful today. The sun's shining. Yeah. The last. Was, was Chris in Afghanistan with your husband when he passed or? No, no, he was here, here with me essentially or here and he came, ended up coming over to the house the day he died. So yeah, he was. Oh, okay. That's right. Yeah. Duh. Yeah. Okay. yeah. It was with two other coworkers um, whose wives were here stationed with me. Mm-hmm. Um, one of which was very badly injured um, and nearly died, had multiple blood transfusions, just riddled with, um, Wow. Uh, shrapnel, shrapnel from the yeah. Um, and then one has like a really bad traumatic brain injury, and unfortunately, mentally is not well, and it kills yeah. me. Yeah, uh, and has actually asked that I don't speak to him anymore, just because it's such a reminder. He's the one who like tried to save Dan's life, and he put tourniquets on his wounds and started life saving techniques. And he said the one time I talked to him, he said every time I close my eyes, Dan's green eyes are just staring back at me, which is what they did. And so he's like, your husband's eyes are the last thing I see every single night. Yeah. Part of me is like, must be nice. I want to see those eyes, but yeah, he carries, he carries such a, a lot. Mm-hmm. So much grief yeah. uh, that I, oh. uh, I can't even imagine. So he's, he's not well, unfortunately. Um, I'm not sure. It's been a while since we've spoken, but mm-hmm. last time we were doing great. So oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. That's just, you know, what a heavy what a heavy load to carry out, you know? Right? Yeah. Pain. Oh, my God. You know? And I'm sure he feels guilty, and he shouldn't. Um, you know, Dan, and again, I don't mind sharing, and I, I hope you don't, but Dan stepped stepped on what they call a pressure plate. So it's essentially an IED hidden underneath things, and he jumped mm-hmm. on it because he was jumping off of a rock like a child. <gasps> like, wee! Like, oh, they, were, they had no. some time. They had some time to kill. <laughs> to kill. <laughs> they had that time so he like was cl- like jumped off this rock and literally landed on a 90 and it exploded oh but so i was envisioning him like working on something no I-, I wish i think he probably wishes that's what he was doing like let's tell everyone i was like cutting the wires yeah he was like standing around fucking around yeah for around they had to be to be fair they had just cleared an ied I don't know, 100 feet away, and they were in the yeah. safe zone. They were what they were like, okay, this is where this is good. Yeah. Reconvene, essentially. Um, and they didn't realize that there was an explosive underground. Um, so there wasn't much that could be done. Like, and I've talked to Mark about this, the gentleman who tried to save Dan. I'm like, yeah. his, his injuries were extensive. Um, so, but I know he feels guilt. Who wouldn't feel guilt knowing that he tried to turn against on his legs or you know mm-hmm. he had lost his leg so he tried to tourniquet what was there um and he was just did you capture the helicopter see, did you get to see his body when it returned like did you now they asked me i would have had to fly to dover air force base um okay. in um delaware and mm-hmm. i just couldn't imagine getting on a plane that day for like five hours just waiting so I sent what they call an escort. I picked one of our good friends who is also mm-hmm. an EOD back, and he went and received Dan's body for me. Um, brought him back. 
I was weird. I was a weird widow and I made a lot of demands. And I said, I do not want my husband spending one night in a funeral home. Like that's, we're not doing that. I don't know why that's where you're supposed to do. But I was like, I didn't want him to be alone. Um, so, um, they brought him straight from Dover. Dover's where they did all the autopsy. They put him in his dress blues. Um, they got him all dressed, I guess. And they brought him right to the church that we had the funeral for. And it was two days early. So all the Air Force guys, including Christopher, spent the night at the church around his body. Like no one left him. People ruined no. him. Yeah. I just didn't, I mean, I don't, I, I just didn't want him to be alone. He yeah. was very weird. So I like brought them food. I would like bring yeah. that food. Here you go. Thank you. And then I would leave. I wouldn't yeah. stay with Dan, but they, yeah. they like slept on the floor. They slept on the chairs of the church and they just stayed with them until it was time to, to bury him essentially. Yeah. Oh. Weird. And they only wanted black cars. I was like, I'm such a diva, like Mariah Carey. I'm like, black vehicles only. Like, who? I'm so ashamed of some of the things no, I did. I'm like, you know, again, I think it was control. Like, I think yeah. in the, in the, you, you feel such a loss of control. Like, you said, you know, like part of so much of your life being a military spouse, whether you're fortunate enough for your husband to come home or not, is up to you. Mm-hmm. Yes, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. I feel yeah. like you probably could have demanded the word. And that's probably why people were just like, all right, black cars it is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. Oh, yeah. Appear, like, you know, like, yeah, I feel there. like you were, you were like, likely, I know, I, you know more about. <laughs> oh, you're, you're, you are spot on. It is a control <laughs> issue. And I've, I've since struggled with that my entire life since he's passed. Like, I, yeah. Did, oh, yeah. Same. Bulimia after my cancer scare just to control it. Like, what am I in control? How much I eat today and what I weigh and what I look mm-hmm. like. Like, I just, you you control everything you can, you know? And right now at home, I'm like, did that picture frame? Did you move that picture frame? Put it back an inch. Like, I am not so. But thank God people love me. <laughs> you know, I, st- I struggled with control and, like, not control, but I'm always attempting to prep myself for the worst. Mm-hmm. So, like always and it drove my husband crazy when we like first got together but just like literally always like I think I talked about this on one episode I had like 19 bank accounts like and I would like yeah yeah. and because I I so I like had to like put myself through college and like my money was like it was a weird like be I had to have I liked to see all of my like money for different purposes and different accounts okay. like we are truly just now coming down off of the so many savings accounts i had okay it. okay like, i see i see so i see why you many because i was just like well this one's for like ben was like why can't it all just be in one account yeah well this one's for my personal property tax yeah and i could make sure that i can pay that every time this one is for like i love that you physically had them separated like I physically had them separated and named. Uh, oh my god! Uh, I just like I just I needed to control. I needed to feel like I had control of the situation, and that I could never bought control. But then, like, and I used to. I also yeah. used to do this thing when Ben and I first started dating, and we were getting serious. Um, that I would like every time I would drive past a, an apartment place, like an apartment building, I'd always be like, "Could I live there if we broke up?" Oh, <laughs> so you were because you were planning for the worst. I was planning yeah. for the worst. Yeah, I had to have like I had to have a sense that I could handle whatever happened here. Yeah. And I like I shit you not I 
just now coming out of some of that. And my mom has- Do you have a secret apartment that's just waiting? I do not. I do not. I do not. I do not. But like, I am like, my mom's been gone for she have a year. Like, I'm just Just in case I've got that. Yeah, just in case he wants to like die on me, we're going to be ready to rock, baby. Like, I, it's so, it is, I just think when you're going through a grief journey, your, your brain and your body and everything is after that is trying to never feel that way again. Yeah, protect. Well, you just like hit the day. Like that is so spot on. And it's like, you, yeah, you want to do everything to protect yourself for going from going that deep and that dark again. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I got there again with the second bout of cancer when I thought I was going to die. So I just feel like I've hit that spot a couple different times mm-hmm. for different reasons. And it's the same thing. I'm just like grasping at any type of control that I can have because I, I lost him i lost my hair i lost my health i lost my femininity with cancer mm-hmm. i lost the ability to have children for a little bit clearly it came back yeah, you, lose, yeah. you lose so much through grief um yeah. and obviously cancer that it's just like i'll i'll control whatever whatever i can i'm sure my husband mm-hmm. loves that about me god bless him Fiat, you know whatever they do they do they learn to love i know he knew what he was getting right like oh, yeah. he was there so he knew what he was getting and i like that's kind of how my husband is too like he he, he has learned to love all of the griefy quirks creepy <laughs> creepy yeah so all over your guys's instagram one yeah day. you post that yeah yeah, I yeah. yeah. That's her. yeah. he has yeah like, learned to love all of my griefy bits and have learned yeah. to like give me the space to have my grieving bits and like yeah, yeah. i will say it's so nice yeah. being able to grieve dan because chris grieves him too which is really nice and mm-hmm. we have a whole shelf of dan's flags and the letter i got that's from amazing a president and like pictures of dan like just designated um and yeah it's really i tr- i dated someone in between dan and chris and he was just like really like can you not mention dan so much and i was like um F you and you're out of here. Yeah. Like that's yeah. not gonna work. Yeah. Uh, was he in the military as well? Yeah. No. No. Okay. Here's the thing. I think he was the military bond is a bond too. Yes. You know. It is. Especially. Yeah. Well, obviously oh. they work together too, so that plays a right. But even if they yeah. hadn't, I think that bond would have still been there. Um, and it just mm-hmm. makes the grief process that much easier because he was physically there. He watched me grieve over my husband. He watched mm-hmm. me cry. He watched me. You know, he le- opened the door so I could go say goodbye to his body. It just, not that anything makes grief easier, but having someone to be like, okay, go. Like, I got the girls. It's your time now. You need to go do you because mm-hmm. I know what you went through sucks. And I'm sure he goes through his own thing sometimes with Dan, but he always just lets me do what I have to do. Yeah. I think it was it was the Thanksgiving after Dan died. So again, just l- less than two months after Dan died. And we had all the Air Force people over for Thanksgiving dinner. And of course, Chris was the last one to leave. And I had to take all the trash out myself. I was just hell-bent. Like, I'm alone now. I don't have a man in my life. I just had 30 people over, but I'm going to take the trash out. So I'm probably has had a few glasses of wine. And I'm carrying the, like, turkey carcass bag. And I'm like, let me do this. My husband's dead. And turkey grease is, like, dripping down my back. And Chris is like, Chris is just like, okay. Like, you know, oh, let me get the door. Do you got it? Okay. And he just washed as I just, like had this moment of like yeah walking walking to the kitchen with this dripping turkey carcass bag just like letting me be me knowing in that moment i was feeling the loss and being like there's not a man to take out the turkey carcass like this should have been somewhere else and he just let it happen like okay 
well, I'll help you wash up when you get back. And he just yeah. let me do my weird, griefy thing, which he is definitely did. what that was. Very crazy, Brad. Yeah. So, girl, it's been a journey. A journey. You have truly been through it. And I, so, when I when I failed to, uh, I failed at the introduction because of why I was following, I started following you on the Grieving Mamas Club. Yeah. Uh, Instagram or on our account. And I was just like, I was just really was so, I loved how raw and honest you are in your post and what you share. And, you know, obviously was, you know, read more like about your, about your stories. And I was like, gosh, just, she's just been, she's just been through it, man. Yeah. So unfortunately, but your name on Instagram is the resilient widow and like, holy Shit, you are resilient to a fucking tea. Yeah. I mean, and and, yeah, and I, I don't know if you not that you really want to be, but uh you are Well, I appreciate that. Yeah. I mean, I'm oh sure you guys gosh. know it's grief. People are like, How did you get through, you know, the loss of your mom? And you're like, yeah. Well, I didn't I didn't kill myself, if that's what you mean. Like, I mean, sometimes you you just do the bare minimum. Yeah. Like, I survived. I woke up the next morning, which is sometimes yeah. all it is. Right, like sometimes that's that's the win. That is the yeah. Win. I exactly. opened my. I made the choice. Yeah, to open my eyes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there was so many days like that for me, and I'm sure you guys were. And then there's days uh-huh. I thrived, and I was like, I'm gonna live for Dan, and I'm gonna make him so proud, and my body's overcome yeah. cancer, and I. And then you know, it's just this wave of, yeah, good days, bad days, crappy days, proud days, and it's mm-hmm. just now they're just days. Just I days. also feel like sometimes I like will have like, the dumbest thing will happen like it could be like i don't know like a rock comes up and chips my windshield sure. and tiny tiny in the like that's, grand scheme of the things yeah. we've gone through that's that will be the thing that like sets me the fuck off that day and oh. i'll like go on this tangent of like what hard yeah yeah where's my mom just go my way like all of the like yeah oh i think i've had so many of those days yeah so many i just had the worst sore throat ever and i'm like this sore throat and i'm like okay calm down because i've been through a lot more than a sore throat yeah sore throat just fucking sucked and i'm like what was me my life it's may yeah. It's me. Why do you have a sore throat? Like, what the yeah. fuck? Like, my body gets everything. Oh, I'm telling you guys, my body gets uh, all terrible. You, oh my gosh. Oh, oh, I bet. No, it's not. So that's me in a nice little. Yeah. And uh, uh, Kristen, uh, thank you so yeah. much. <laughs> I want you to let back. Let back. I know. I oh my God. Absolutely. And I'm like, no. We, we always say this, like, there's, um, Something about grief like makes you instant best friends, and so like we basically like ask you to come on this podcast, and then you like bury your soul to us. Kara and I make yeah. a couple jokes, and then yeah. like, and, and it's like you get off the call and you're like, "So can I see her again?" And we're like, "No, are we what? Hang out. So are we gonna do lunch one time?" No, I know. That's it is a funny. Yeah, yes. You once you come on this podcast, you just like enter. You get to be part of Kara and I's lives forever. So guys, <laughs> happy to be here. You guys are amazing. And the work you're doing on just making grief normal and um, just normalizing the process, good, bad, and ugly, is huge. From a therapy standpoint, it's so necessary because it's been so um, taboo, especially, I think, like our parents' generations and older. Yeah, yeah. I want to talk about this. 
no one talked about this. And they didn't. So the fact no. that you guys are just laying it all out there, I am here for it. And I, I would love to help and be a part of it whenever and however I can. Oh my god! Thank you. Thanks. So you're gonna and you're making us blush. Yeah. Oh my, I know. Speechless. But so good. Like keep us posted on the book. We I want yeah. to help with that in any way. We yeah yeah have it back money. Yeah, kidding. You can tag me. Yeah. yeah, but we do have listeners. We do have an audience. Put on back. Yeah, that's all you need, you guys. That's all I. Yeah. Need. I just figure out how to do it. I'm just writing right now. I just sit down and just good right that's the hard part yeah we'll see where that gets me and i'll keep you posted for sure oh i can't wait thank you for letting letting me us uh, slide in your dms and of course anytime and just really appreciate it so much of course i have the page at rashida's yeah i appreciate it so much and let's just keep i want to keep chatting with you guys and keeping in touch and and all that good stuff you got it all right gals thanks so much for listening to the Gribby mama's club podcast when times get tough, just remember, you're a badass bee and you've got this, mama. <laughs>